Alrighty, welcome to episode 13 of A Marriage of Serpents, a simple communion archive story. Arc is a, archive is a world of uh, dark Celtic fantasy um, set in a muddy Bronze Age world in the aftermath of the God's Fall War, where um, agents of uh, various powers uh, intentionally drew the gods into a war between men and then trapped them on the battlefield and um, systematically murdered them. <clears throat> Perhaps not undeservedly. In the aftermath of that, on Midsummer's Eve, um, the dragon that is the spirit of the land died. And, um, and with it, um, at least for a year, the power of the world to germinate, or at least of Maurer, to the, the island on which the story takes place, the great island, um, lost the power to germinate. And so uh, no crops came, uh, no flowers grew, no berries sprung from bushes, and um, the, the, the death toll in um, famine and disease were great. However, uh, when spring came again, perhaps slower and more reluctantly than before, but, but still um, bloom came back into the world and uh, crops grew. And now about a decade later, um, civilization has begun to reestablish itself, particularly here in the Tuhal, the kingdom of the South, where this story takes place. Um, in our last episode, episode 12, um, shown here by the car, or represented here by the card Thunder, um, the heroes made their way back together after some time of rest and recuperation and perhaps improvement, or in the case of Kian, uh, self-sabotage and madness. Um, uh, a, but a pleasurable madness. Um, the heroes uh, made their way together after, at the um, at the prodding of the whispering of the shadow of the hound or the shadow of the many-lived serpent, uh, many-lived servant. Sorry, not serpent. Um, whom they had met already in the caverns beneath Two Hall, um, that they had made their way into under the Olu household in the Clearwater district of, to, of the capital city of Kirikival. Um The servant, um, uh, the shadow of the hound, whispered literally into Claiborne's ear that um, those who had become lost in the city were, um, he had found them wandering in the dark under the city and managed to corral some of them. And perhaps one of them was, were people, were, were someone that the heroes had been looking for. And um, so they reconverged and um, gathering back uh, Cecile and Sisyphus um, made their way back down under the earth um, and through part of a uh, small part, presumably of the maze of caverns under the city and found in a cistern, um, um, relatively unaware of their surroundings, three children and a man 
uh, who were mindless, all mindlessly trying to get somewhere. Using their combined powers, they entered into a sort of a, a shared dream with the, the lost and, um, and found strange golden hummingbirds uh, harrying and distracting the lost and then calling uh, hidden powers forth found that um, uh, there was a combined power of the remnants of the builder structure portal that had led to Queen Aya's to Hall of the Morning and um, overlaid by the sovereign knot or the knot of terror that they had found already um, up in the Olu household and in the proving grounds. Um, and the knot seemed to be trying to burst open um, and seemed to be wanting to eat the wanderers. They discovered that the hummingbirds were or were related to remnants of uh, Turner, uh, the god that had been the spinner of prophecy, who had, in the days of old, locked terror beneath the earth and um, laid the capstone of that lock conveniently nearby, should it be needed. Um, which the heroes had already discovered. Um, they managed to name um, the hummingbirds, which were all, which were really um, wind toys made of gold, which they had seen um, up above in the park where the capstone of terror uh, had been found. And they managed to uh, infuse the hummingbirds at least temporarily with the breath of the dragon and um, the hummingbirds sprang back into motion or at least the the uh the wind wheels of the hummingbirds sprang back into motion and then essentially ground themselves to dust and ripped themselves to pieces and the resulting explosion of golden dust um washed over the heroes and the lost, and um, they found themselves back in the cistern uh, that the hound had discovered and herded the people into with some very um, confused looking individuals. Did I miss anything? Oh, I missed lots of things. Did I miss any salient points? I think that was pretty good. All right. Um, so we begin uh, episode 13, The Circle, with, um, with our heroes who will take turns introducing themselves. So my name is Matthew Melville. I play the two lizard folk characters, uh, Cecile and Sisyphus, um, on a world-spanning adventure um, to try and find a new homeland for their people. And they spend most of the time um, aggravating the, the rest of the party with probing questions about um, different societies and finding... Um, solutions that involve um, getting into tight spaces or um, picking up big things. 
let's be let's be clear when when you say antagonizing the rest of the party, what you really mean is antagonizing my character. I'm John, and I'm playing uh, Kian Gallagher, who's a dream wizard um, who long ago, uh, or not that long ago, but uh, was caught doing some hook and dagger things and now is looking for a way home, but is finding that becoming increasingly complicated for him. John, um, your, your call back in audio is a very low quality. There's uh, a lot of buzz and hum and... Oh, I think I know what that like. Is it better? Um, we'll have to hear you red, talk red, more. Red leather, yellow leather? Red leather, yellow leather? Oh, yeah. I'm talking right now, and I'm saying arbitrary things for the purpose of you still, hearing there's, that. There's still a sort of oversample buzz, but it's better. Okay. I, I turned off a fan, but I don't know what else I can do. Let me know. Yeah. I'm Dale Frankie. I'm going to be playing Claiborne, who is an answer looking for a question. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Very nice. <clears throat> Down under the earth, in the real darkness, you could stand for the rest of your life waiting for your eyes to adjust to the cavern dark, and they never would. You could stand forever for the remainder of the count of your days, even if they are beyond a human span. And it is possible that color would never return. Now, the heroes, and perhaps these lost ones, know that there are, there are lights that are worse than darkness. In particular, there are blue, pallid lights that only tend to reinforce what is not being seen. But fortunately, <clears throat> this light was not present. And the darkness that gathered around them, although it drew close, was still being held back by a candle and a soft blue-white gas flame burning softly inside brass walls and little glass windows. It was sobering sometimes to think of the very small lights that held back an unquenchable darkness. And this was a a thought 
in the air, perhaps not in any of their minds exactly as their souls. Because everyone knows that the living have more than one soul. Because people are too complicated. Living things are too complicated to be run by just one soul. So there is the soul of the body and the soul of the mind. And then there is that unquenchable thing that is the soul of the other in which all living things partake regardless of their nature. That thought about darkness seemed to be a thought of the soul rather than the mind. And it was in the room with them as much as bodies and confusion and as color became a thing that they remembered the world having and were perhaps grateful for it. They were surprised that one of the covers colors wasn't gold. There was a, a moment, perhaps for some of them and not for others, where they thought that in some way, Everything should be gold. Maybe all of the world should be gold or had become gold, but wasn't. And they were just themselves and the small, muddy, huddled colors of the world were all still present, mushed together in the cistern, along with the black that was more than black and less than black that was the shadow of the hound. And somehow, it turns out, perhaps because even shadows participate in the soul of the other, in which all living things participate, that, this, that the shadow of the hound was able to sigh in gratitude or relief as they all seemed to return to the room together, return to the cistern together. And they had no sense of how things had been. Well, whatever one of their souls was gone had been gone. But if its return, if their return could make a shadow made of shadow sigh in relief. Well, it can't have been good. And so they were not as they had been standing there in the shallow mud of the cistern with its man and a bit high walls and its small rounded entrances. They were not as they had been close to whatever figure they had drawn close to, but they were in a new configuration, perhaps a shared configuration. Does anyone know what that configuration is? 
I think it's triskelium. <laughs> the triskelion is one of the great knots that represents the world and the self and many other things besides magic, um, the body. And it's um, compromise, it's comprised of a few notable shapes or points that make the knot work, however it's formed. And so t tell us how it's recognizable as the triskelion. And it doesn't have to be John that does that. I don't know, I'd like to hear from John. Uh, so there's, there's, I think there was four kids along with Donald. Is that right? Mm -hmm. um, and I think the three of us are, there's the shadow who's at the center. And then the three of us are the next closest along the, each of the three kind of arcing outwards. And then the other, like two boys, to the path and then Donald on one of them make up the, the three arms. The mm. And um, Claiborne and Cecile, what, what attitude are you in as you, as the room draws you back to itself. Are you standing? Are you sitting? Do you have your arms out? Are you holding hands with people? Are you on fire? Um, I think Cecile wakes up um, having been prone as if he was waking from sleep or coming back alive from being dead sort of just kind of rises up um, the core and then kind of um, pushes himself up just kind of looks around Claiborne is visible to the others as a column of rough Play and as as they look away and look back, the clay is resolving itself between glances. Uh, this area becoming a cliff face that begins to resemble a face. This knotted pile becomes a knotted fist that relaxes into a hand. And between glances and during blinks, he reassembles himself from base clay. My friends, have you returned? Comes the voice of the hound. 
filling the space like velvet poured through the air. We have. Are the others still lost? Um, I look at Donald studying his face. <clears throat> In perhaps a very early scientific discovery, Kean realizes that observation changes the thing observed. And <laughs> as he, um, as his gaze fixes on uh, Donald, um, the man uh, sits heavily down in the mud with a with an audible splunk, and and raises his hands to his face in a universal um, gesture of distress, which then turns into oh oh a probing a probing of what must be some truly remarkable knots on his forehead. <laughs> It's one. Are the others gone at this point? No. Okay. So the rest are um, friends as well. So as you look around, um, uh, um, the boy with the the damaged face um, kind of meets your gaze, Cecile, and um, and walks very quickly towards you and says, um, excuse me, uh, I, I, I know you're only a lizard and you don't eat proper food, but do you have any? And he sort of puts one uh, one hand and then the other um, over a slightly distended belly as if to um, mm. indicate with physical language what he means. And I think uh, Sisyphus kind of like reaches back and he like pulls out a root. Still kind of looks well, at. Sort of, I don't know if you remember, but it's like. Oh, that's right. He was still out. Away. It was too far. Far, yeah. Yeah, because because he didn't want to get stuck down here forever. <laughs> or until. You don't want to become part of the Earth a little earlier than scheduled. <laughs> I do not have. Um, I think. Well, we we prepared for this trip because. Um, Clayborn told us that he had received. So I think Kean actually packed some food. Okay. So he he pulls out um, some bread and a flask of water. Um. How do you keep yourself from having the children flinging themselves upon you, uh, not knock you down? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think not well uh, is the answer. Okay. Um, so the wizard goes down under a pile of children. <laughs> and, and Claiborne is having reassembly problems. Mm. Including something partially covering the lens. Yeah. 
It's not a bit of cat, is it? Oh, there it goes. <laughs> um, Who were rabbits be lucky for again? Not the rabbit. <clears throat> okay, so... Whoa! <laughs> having <laughs> revealed food and the jug of who knows what... Um, yeah, Kian goes down under the aggression of children. This is a Celtic society, right? They start drinking early. <laughs> if you can see over the bar, you can order a drink. Right. <laughs> and if you can pay for it, they'll serve you. <laughs> you're 10. You can have the weak beer. You get the good stuff when you're 14. Kind of thing. Yeah. Well, 14 when you start fathering children. Right. When you get married, start fathering children. <laughs> um, one of the children triumphantly raises something that Cecile, for a terrifying moment, looks to you a, a little too much like a brain. Um, but you realize it would be quite a small brain to fit in the child's hand. And then you realize it's just um, a bit of strong brown bread uh, lost from its crust. Mm. Um, and having freed that from the fray, um, the, uh, the, the boy with the, that looked uh, relatively intact but was missing his canines um, retreats. Uh, to uh, the opposite side of the cistern uh, as it leans against the wall sort of furtively like <laughs> and then sort of like eating and grimacing obvious, in obvious pain but continuing to eat nonetheless. Mm. Cecile kind of looks around at some of the others. Does the lack of canine seem to be a thing? No, it was just the one. Just the one? Okay. Mm-hmm. They had all lost something. Mm. Um, that one, his canines. Another one, his nose. Um, another one, uh, an earlobe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think Kian is like cursing and saying, "Just out! There's enough, you little bastards!" And <laughs> and then all of a sudden, he realizes. They took all the bread, and it, like he's still talking, but they're all gone. They took all the bread, so they left them. <laughs> uh, and so he gets up, uh, and then uh, he, he didn't pull out the other piece, but he had a bit of um, maybe like salted pork or something, which he keeps hidden until he goes over to Donald. Are you all here? Yeah. Um, well, apparently I got drunker than I have in my entire life because I feel like I've got a six-day hangover and where the places are we? I, um... He reaches up to like grab your arm to sort of pull himself up. Um, he he nearly topples you into the mud because uh, yeah. he's he's a barley eater. He he's a big fella. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and uh, but and you you sort of stagger, but recover and and get him to his feet. And he he actually he you see in the in the candlelight, he literally turns like a little green around the edges of his face, and he turns uh, to the corner of the wall in an obviously practiced gesture, and but just dry heaves for a long moment. Mm. And sort of holds his hand up like like with one finger and then he as he's sort of getting up takes a couple of big breaths all right and who are you what is that he says pointing behind him but pretty accurately at Claiborne and and what's going on with this one he says pointing it down at Cecile we just and saved those fucking your kids are those. I'm sorry, go ahead. Tell him. Tell him we saved him from certain doom. <laughs> you colorful language for a son. Well, he's not entirely wrong. You've been here for how long has it been since Daru left? And I know this is in Daru, but how long has it been since our first journey down here? Um, it's been well, like... But this would be since four, we went to the, like, um, the gladiatorial place, right? right. Yeah, but that's not Probably, but... I, so, it, it, it's been, it's been like three full days since you um, came here in the night and came down into the sun. Um, I think you may have been down here for at least three days, and the headache that you've got, it's because you've been walking into walls nonstop the entire time. You also Be probably have drinking water. Right. Oh, I'm sorry. And, and, and Kian is, as he's saying that, pulling out a flask of water, the same flask that he was pulling out earlier. Oh. I don't think I'm at all prepared for water yet. Oh. He says as though water is much too strong a substance to apply liberally and without forethought. <laughs> and he, he can't seem to like stop touching. And you can see there's like obvious like big welts on his on his forehead. His, his forehead, which bears the marks of having had many things happen to it, uh, bes- welts besides in the past. Walking into walls, that's, well, not that that's never happened before, but repeatedly is probably new. Was oh, you were under waiting? some enchantment. Oh, so there, wait, did I marry someone? Someone else? <laughs> Does he sound hopeful? <laughs> No, actually, sort of horrified. <laughs> oh, Gwen is going to fucking kill me. Oof. Who did you say? Gwen, my wife. Oh, we should probably be taking you back to her. Uh, yeah, all right. Where are we? 
I haven't been struck strangely blind, right? No, we're underground. Far underground. Uh, it's probably going to be sorry, a long story. And, and you've got, we've got questions that I think only you can answer as well. So we should perhaps save the whole conversation for Neo and a little rest. And I'm sorry, is someone else seeing the self-assembling statue? He says, pointing at Claiborne. That, that's Claiborne. Yes. He does that. Yes, says the voice of the darkness. That is really happening. <laughs> as, if, as if the pointing reminds him that Claiborne's there, uh, Kian, like, looks over and says, oh, right, Claiborne. Do you know, you said you knew these children. Do you know where any of their homes are? I've actually been trying to talk for quite a while, but was muted. Oh. <laughs> I was like, yeah, well, Claiborne quiet. didn't have a oh, mouth dear. yet. Yeah. Uh, Claiborne, uh, now fully Claiborne, uh, approaches the children. And the one that he has spoken to the most, he walks up to her and says, Oh, whoa, no, says uh, Donald, as you, as you sort of approach and begin to lean over one of the children. And he sort of, he kind of lurches across the cistern toward you. And uh, I, I, gr I grab him and pull, I'm not going to be able to stop him, but I do pull him back a little bit if I can. I completely ignore him and say, I can see your face. Can you see your face? That's a very silly question in the absence of water or a mirror like fancy people have, she says, then stuffs an enormous piece of bread into her face. You are correct. Nevertheless, I will continue to ask this question. And he turns to one of the other children and says, I can see your face. Can you see your face? <laughs> um, you <laughs> said that to the boy with no nose. Um, and the boy that uh, has is out of bread and and was the first to uh, was the one who retrieved the brain bread uh, the, or the bread brain um, and has now a little bit of blood like trickling down his lower lip. Uh, he steps in front of the noseless boy and and says, "Best not ask him that question. Why am I living?" Mm. Well, I see your face. It's as ugly as ever. That is well. Please tell me about how you lost your teeth. There's somewhere behind you here, Donald Snort. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well... Well, I don't rightly know. 
I was very hungry. And I think, well, I might have dreamed it, but I think that, I think I traded my teeth not to be hungry ever again. It didn't work. You can see him sort of exploring the, the, the removed cuspids with, with his tongue. I am sorry that you are in pain. It will not last long. They will heal. I mean, not all the way, but... And you. You seem to have lost the end of your nose. Did you trade it? Not to be hungry anymore ever again. The boy the boy like reaches up and, and touches the raw wound in the middle of his face and and just like dissolves, uh, drops the bread in the mud and dissolves into like paroxysms of just absolute childhood despair and, and sort of falls down into the mud, um, weeping inconsolably. Um, the girl with the awry braids um, looks at you like you're extremely mean and runs over to him and like hugs him and, and sort of like puts her head against hers but is looking away from you. And wh- well, one of the other children grabs the dropped piece of bread, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, they've all sort of stopped and are like, it, it isn't that none of them thought of that. <laughs> but they've all kind of looked at it there in the mud and looked at the adults and the space they're in. And the, other than the, the boy, the, the noseless boy weeping, they all seem quite... They all seem to have sobered back into the unfortunately early streetwise children um, that you have met before. Mm -hmm. And there are some, there are just some sort of flinty faces regarding you and the other adults. Mm -hmm. Claiborne reaches down and picks up the dropped piece of bread and holds it out toward the child that dropped it, who who is still weeping. And he like if the shakes his head and covers his face with his hands. Um your friend Toby lost his entire leg. And he makes more money begging now. Just think what you will be able to ask. Um, so let's have you make a conventional, uh, and I'll okay. give you a plus one <laughs> for the horrific thing you just said. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and uh, you're welcome to tag any of your tags that seem 
mm. appropriate. I might recommend I can fix that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm, I'm tempted to throw in a weakness of I am new to this, but um, <laughs> no, I, I think uh, I can fix that. We'll, we'll do nicely here. Um, Um, I know street children. <laughs> um, the uh, the weeping boy uh, stops weeping and spreads his fingers to look at you. <laughs> and and the girl with the with the mostly undone braids turns back and looks at you like, why did you tell him that? Also, you are going to be able to sneeze in the most interesting ways now. Donald <laughs> uh. opens his mouth to say something and instead turns and says, All right, you're a bonded wizard. What are you doing here? And where are we exactly? We're underneath the Olu uh, compound. Do you remember Under coming down here? We're underneath my house. Is Donald in Olu? Yeah. I thought Bandon was Olu. Yeah, it was Bandon yes. Olu. That too. Oh, and they're brothers. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, we were sent. How long ago has it been since we went to where since we met with Avian Kubal? Um, five days. We were sent a little less than a week ago to find you and the others, the other warriors from the Proving Grounds. Um, it's a long story, but our path took us to the Olu house, and we found a path into the caverns down here. Oh. Do you, um, right. do you remember Darrow, Darrow O'Boyne? Was it O'Boyne or Dare? Was Darrow Boyne? Darrow Boyne. He oh, came yes. here before us. Do you remember seeing him? We're still looking for him. No. I have no recollection even how I got here. If there's a way out of this place, let's take it. 
Right. Unless you can Great. just magic us a way out. Oh, can you do that? <sighs> Not in a way that we might survive. Oh. Well, he kind of looks around as if wondering, like, if there's someone who, like, could be experimented on or slash, like, <laughs> kind of thing. Like, <laughs> well, we've got four kids. We don't need all. <laughs> I think he looks over and points. He's like, would Freeborn survive? Uh, or sorry, I, would Freeborn I was, survive? Uh, I was being flippant. I mean, the power of the serpent could probably break a tree, but none of us, it doesn't matter. Anyways, no, we we'll <laughs> probably have to walk unless, and he looks over at the shadow. It is. He came here. Same, it is the same walk out as, as, oh, sorry. It is the same walk out as it is in. When I told you that you were bound here. I don't think you knew that before I told you. Um, no. Is there something we can do about that? I don't know. Because if it's true, I don't suspect that you can come with us. You are probably correct. And I do not doubt your sight. I'm sorry. Everyone else is seeing a shadow talking, right? Just checking. You missed a lot. In the I may have a concussion. I am glad that you can play, and I am seeing a shadow talking. I'm glad you can see it. Otherwise, I I might be the one who looks quite mad talking to nothing. <laughs> He looks like he's going to say something rude and is kind of pointing to the part of his face where your brand is and then just doesn't say anything. <laughs> All right. So, um, so where do we end up? Um, I think Kim asks the shadow I think we're going to, or he tells him first, I think we're going to take these to their homes. What will you do if you can't return with us? There's been, I have heard things in the catacombs while you were on your rescue mission, which, by the way, may have taken longer than you think. I guess only you would know. How long was it? Um, I believe the night has fallen in the world above. How long ago was that? How long ago did we come back? We came in like... So you came in like late morning. Mm -hmm. That's like 12 hours. 12 hours. That's so surprising and yet not. I'm a little concerned. You 
this, I mean no disrespect, it's really of great experience and power. And I believe that yours far exceeds mine, but you've already triggered one trap. I'm concerned that if we leave you here behind, I'm not sure if you will be safe. Neither am I. And could we put you in something and then carry it? And we are, and we are not alone in the tunnels. What do you mean? I see. One of my wards has, yeah, deep in the catacombs, he's been triggered, and another. Um, sign near where my body lies has also been woken. And I do not think they are the same thing. I'm sorry not to be rude, but did you say your body? I did. <laughs> I, am, I am, after all, only a shadow. And I must have a body to cast it. Well, obviously... And he elbows you, key in a little bit too hard in the ribs. Like, yeah, sure. <laughs> That's how this works. This magic how could stuff you have doubted? <laughs> Grace, well, I'm, I'm all over it then. Uh, let's see. I'll carry the lizard. And um, you grab a couple of kids. And um, we'll be grand. And uh, hey, Shadow, if you want to go in... Um, he, he grabs the, the water flask out of your hand and just downs it. You know, if you want to get in here, you can't be that heavy. We can carry you right out. In fact, I'm fairly certain, having drunkenly tried it a couple of times, that shadows don't weigh a thing. So, and he points at the, <laughs> the water thing. The, the shadow of the hound. Um, without any sign that he's offended or amused, um, inclines his head and says um, a very gen- a very uh, a very generous offer you make master Olu, but I think it would be too dangerous for you and I will decline <laughs> is it the lack of light we might be able to like put a candle in there no mm-hmm. I think we'll I, I have in the past been able to attach my shadow to others in order to get places I needed to go. But I fear that if I should attach myself to one of you, the opposite might happen. You may also become bound to this place and I would be too heavy with the burden of your life. Um, I know we're all anxious to get out of here and we've spent long enough, but would you allow me to do a reading? He he gestures like, you know, I don't have, um, so I think the shadow is like, I don't have anything else to do. I think Kian uh, rolls up his sleeves 
and and takes the 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 flask of water as if he's about to like wash his hands and then realizes there's nothing left in it and just drops it on the ground and glares at Donald. <laughs> Donald's actually looking and, a little and, bit like he might puke. <laughs> Claiborne comes forward and takes you by the hands and hmm. you feel a strange cool movement and your hands are perfectly clean. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a kind of shudder that passes through him as if like he feels refreshed in some way from that sensation. Um, and and he kind of touches his arms and feels the kind of uncanny smoothness. Um, and then he he pulls out the deck and begins doing a reading and he begins dealing out cards. Uh, and so the intent is, I guess this would be an investigation, but the intent is to see if there's, well, I don't know. Would it be investigation or change the game? I want to see if he can break the enchantment, break the, the, the binding, the geese on, um, I guess it'd be investigation because he would have to know what what it is before he could do that, right? Right. So, and and you and the deck is um, uh, uh, the deck is an investigation tool, so it, it can't be used for um, okay. like kind of a change the game. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So as as you pull the deck out and are kind of looking for a clean surface, and then you sort of like look at your other arm and like. Um, uh, the little girl is pulling on your fake sleeve, Claiborne. Mm-hmm. And when you turn to look at her, she holds out her hands and says, "No, me." <laughs> um, so I I take my hands and put them at her elbows and just rub my hands down her arms and off of her fingers, leaving her hands cleaner than they have been in six years. Um, and <laughs> as he's doing this, Claiborne says, Watch closely, my friend. This is true card magic. He is not trying to get money in the market from people who <laughs> do not see the cards moving. This is real. The boy missing his well. teeth uh, peers carefully <laughs> at Kian. Um, uh, Donald uh, moves over to you, Cecile, and mouths to you, what is going on right now? <laughs> Do I have a concussion? Yes, and you are talking to a lizard. <laughs> he, he sort of glares at you sideways, but turns his attention <laughs> back to Cecile, having clearly decided that the clay man is way more likely to be part of the uh, adult sensations. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it will make sense in the morning kind of a thing. <laughs> Oh. Um, w- uh, with an easy jump, um, 
and a, an impact, but no splash of mud. Uh, the shadow of the hound descends into the cistern with you. And he, he comes over um, as you're regarding the cards in your arm. And he says, um, perhaps this will be of assistance. And he, he puts his hands together and draws his hands apart. Um, and it's like a child having uh, cut up a piece of paper and then um, pulled it apart. And you, and, and you would see like children holding hands. But as he pulls his mm -hmm. hands apart, um, there's a sort of parting of shadow. And you again see the, the gorgeous uh, ancient script um, that you recognize as his name very quickly without sort of the, the thought process you usually have to engage in to read uh, Bochel. Oh, that's interesting. Does it say the name, is it the Hound or is it the Many Lives Serpent? Um, in this instance, uh, it's, he, he has written the Shadow of the Hound. Mm. Um, cool. So I'm thinking about and he, rolling. And then he steps back. Uh, letters give voice to the voiceless. The deck speaks to me. Intelligence outside mortal understanding. Great. Is, is he giving me a thing? Is that what's happening there? Yeah, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna invoke your weakness. Uh, Brooks, not the unclean. Oh, even though Clayborn um, did the, even though Clayborn cleansed me. Oh, oh yeah, never mind. I won't do that. Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, and so then yeah, and then you have outside assistance. Uh, you have um, the name of the hound, so you have plus. Uh, you have an additional assist, so you have plus four. To be a little metagaming, does anybody want to use our first? No, not the moment. Does anybody um, have a Did what I said can, draw uh, an unwelcome audience to you, and that would that be um, would would that be a hurt or a help? Um, well, what we well, that, we've that, been getting out to help hurt. Uh, well, we've been dealing out help and hurt, so nobody wants to use our hurt against. Um, in no, nobody's got a hurt against you in a while. I think I still oh. have one. Okay. I'll roll two d six plus one. I'm nursing a couple of old grudges, but I don't have them written down. <laughs> <laughs> Why does it every time I hit roll oh, it change? Oh. Let me try a different channel. There we go. I know might. Could you use the general channel? Um, mm -hmm. All right. It was giving me trouble. But yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, yes. Oh, I don't have the thing in oops. Where is it then? Jeez. Hmm. Hmm. Uh -huh. 
a little rough. Alrighty, so you have uh, four clues. Um, uh, how can this gear be broken? Uh, remove the hound from the maze. So like find the body. Um, and this is not a question from the four questions as he's dealing out the cards. He asks the hound. The next question I'm about to ask, which is, do you know how far your body is from here? As he's dealing. Um, not in distances the crow would fly, but yes, I know the way and I could guess the distance if need be. And that guess would be. Um, it's probably a three mile walk or so in the dark. I'm not doing that, says Donald. Uh, the next question is Is the hound? Is, does this geese put the hound in direct danger? Yes. What is that danger? The um, the tether that binds the the shadow of the hound will eventually draw the hound in will eventually draw the shadow of the hound in, and then it will be the hound who is bound. So, and this is not, I'm not necessarily spending this, I'm just curious, does that already, does that tell me then that the hound's body isn't bound? Is that what I'm getting from that also? Uh, no. But the, it's just telling you that the thing that is affecting the shadow of the hound, it's, it's mm -hmm. like, it's like a, like a fishing line being pulled back in. And when it finally catches the shadow of the hound, then it will bind the hound. How long does he have? How long do we have? Uh, a week at most. Um, I turn to the hound. I suspect that actually you may be able to leave, but within a week you will be pulled and bound and possibly indefinitely. So we have a week to resolve this. And uh, my understanding is that your body needs to be retrieved from the maze to undo this. Interesting. Where it is? Could you take us to it? 
I could, but I fear you may be caught in the same trap that I was. Question, can you manipulate anything? Like more than a shadow? You mean, can I touch things? Yes. Yes. Well, that doesn't seem right, says Donald. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we could... looks at him, sort of shrugs agreeably. Like, I mean, yeah. Sisyphus had some rope. I could go back and grab it, and then we could stop short of the trap, and you could hook it onto your body, and we could sort of pull you to safety. <laughs> um. We would probably have to find another entrance to the catacombs and then into the maze. And that is possible. And I assure you, I have tried physical means and have not been successful. You know what? Today's your lucky day. I have this friend. I don't know if you've met him, and he's really good at making new entrances to places. <laughs> like, really good. We made a new entrance into a house just the other day. If you want to go in, you know, yes. to the top. <laughs> I'm not sure the owner yes. would have used the word good in that case. I, I uh, recall. Yes. Proficient? <laughs> Um, if we, since we've got the time, go ahead. I think perhaps we should get those that you have somehow freed from their madness to safety before we do anything on my behalf. Uh, I agree. I think we have the time. Agreed. So we should take it. If the children get hungry again, who knows what they'll eat next? And at that key and like looks into his cookie like three days of rations. God <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. Cecile kinda comes up and kinda goes near next to you and says, I think I'm gonna stick next to you. <laughs> Young humans seem particularly ravenous. So. Well, Donald, I think you had you had the the right of it. We'll take the children and head up. Are you good to walk? I'm afraid that I don't know if at this time would they know about concussions, like the vomiting and stuff. Uh, seems like evidence of a pretty serious concussion. <laughs> I mean, uh, certainly, uh, certainly, a seasoned performance warrior would be aware of it. When you get clouded upside the head, you get fucked up in certain ways sometimes yeah absolutely they would know maybe not to go to sleep for example right. for a little while yeah i mean it's probably not good yeah um you might I, want to uh, be careful when we go up yeah i'm a little unsteady on my feet but i think i'm i think i'll be ground um and uh, I, I didn't, I mean, I know Mr. Shadow 
Bullshit. I didn't get the rest of your names. Playborn. I'm Cecile. Well, that seems a little on the nose, really. I'm Kian. I'm bonded to Halstein. Oh, Gallagher, is it? Mm. You've heard of me. Hmm. I have indeed. Good things, hopefully. That bad. As she feels a good thing. I think that bad, huh? <laughs> he, he sort of. Well, I owe the three of you. Uh, well, I suppose the four of you a great debt. So if there's anything I could do to repay it, please don't hesitate to ask. And let's get these kids the hell out of here. And they've not parents. Is that right? I believe that is true. These are the children of the street. All right. Well, at least we can get them to the Shahana. Um, and they can, and at the name of the Guardians of the Peace, um, all four children cry out in different ways and begin to make up stories about how they all have real homes and you just haven't been there and you don't know. And they're on errands, actually. And I work at a blacksmith and they're expecting me. And, and so... Um, Strange as this might sound, I believe that they're actually in good hands wherever Craigborn will be. Mm. Well, there's a statement about the nature of belief for you. Anyway, they'll certainly be better off not here, I'm, uh, I'm guessing. Mm. Uh, and so, um, Screen swipe to um, uh, uh, emerging into the pie-shaped room. Um, I, with the, go ahead. Uh, I just wanted to ask. Now, this house belonged to Bandon Alu, not Donald Alu, right? Right. Okay. I only ask that because if it was Donald's house, I figure like we should prepare him for the fact that like your family's all fucked up and but it's not his family. It's family. So, and we'll we haven't up. we haven't found Donald, correct? You, you Donald. found Donald. You haven't found Bandon. Or so it was right. Bandon's family. Bandon. Yeah. And what was um, the name of the guy who first who, who's we we met at his house with his wife and Dara. he went out looking. That was Daru. Daru, yeah. Daru. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. so, Daru, uh, Daru oh and Donald are still missing. No, Donald is the one we found. Bandon. Yeah. Daru <laughs> and Bandon are still missing. Yes. Daru and Bandon are still missing. Okay. Um, as you cross the threshold that had been Builderstone and the portal of Builder, liquid Builder light uh, briefly. 
back into the sort of uh, wholemeal cake uh, of the spider's layer. Um, you can see uh, you can see that the spinner um, has been back at work because there are a couple of um, very very thin, hard to see um, uh, trip lines. There's one like laid across the room that goes right in front of the doorway, and another one that connects back to like a like a very simple X of uh, webbing over the the hole basically, that leads up into the compound. Um, you, you can stomp through the, the one covering the doorway or avoid it at your leisure. Um, as in particular, um, Claiborne can see it as you approach up out of the tunnels. Um, so Claiborne, Claiborne. Do, you, do you advise Claiborne steps carefully over it, but is not at all surprised when everyone else walks through it. <laughs> uh, I think the children, as they see the, as they see the little uh, points of a couple of stars on what has evidently become a clear night, um, as they rush toward the outside, um, they they break the spider's web, um, and there is a. There is a soft sound of scuttling in the dark, mm. but of the spinner, there is no immediate sign. Yeah, um, Cecile kind of whispers, sorry, as they kind of go past. <laughs> um, uh, so the children are struggling up the rock slope, and um, I think Sisyphus kind of like brings up two hands and just sort of helps kind of push them up. Okay. Sorry. Um, and uh, uh, Donald sort of walks into the space and is obviously a little bit overcome, maybe at getting out or just some fresh air or something, but he, he, he kind of puts his, widens his stance and, and uh, lowers his head and takes a couple of breaths. Um, and you How realize much longer that the would it be for Sorry, and you realize that the shadow of the hound is stopped just on the other side of, of the doorway into the room or the opening into the room. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna ask, um, how, how much further would it be to go up the original path we came down? Th this the one is that's connected to the... No, no, right, but you said that we saw the stars, so I think you're talking about the, the path that Sisyphus made, but the very first time we went down, where we climbed down this trap door in the uh, in the abandoned loot house, um, how much further would that be to go up to that trap door? So the uh, um, the the wall of this sort of flat circular cavern collapsed into their basement. So their their basement right. is the next space. So pretty close. So it would just be you know it would just be a minute's walk you know just over there. Yeah. So I think I and the others can do whatever. I think Kian wants to go with Donald into the Alu house because he might mm -hmm. know what, it might help stir some memories and so he kind of signals Donald to come with him and he tells him like we came in through the basement the first time we came down. I'd like you to maybe take a look 
Um, as you start to move in that direction, um, the voice of the Shadow of the Hound comes to you, and it seems uh, slightly strange. Uh, and he says, um, I believe this is where we pause company. Okay. I cannot bring myself to cross this threshold. Hmm. He, uh, he holds his hands up um, and, and his body articulates with, as obviously as a great practice into a very particular way of standing. Uh, and then he uh, draws his hands back apart and letters of Vohyal start to form in the air made of shadow, but kind of dissipate before they can form. Hmm. Well, I will... Um, I will go and I will go and investigate um, what has disturbed my leavings in the maze in particular. I will leave I my name. Hmm? No, please go ahead. I will leave my name here again in this hall. Should you wish to contact me, I believe you you know the way. As a shadow, I I would assume that you can be discreet and I am often very difficult to find, but it is not impossible. And it has happened before. I think we'll try to come back as soon as we can. Um, I don't think it would do for us to not rest before whatever travails follow us. Um, but I think we can be back tomorrow morning. Your wisdom is clear. I, I, can't, I look at Claiborne and Cecile. Like, do they... I'm kind of like looking at them more. Are they like on board or not? Claiborne, yeah. um, you've never noticed him needing rest in any particular way, um, and so he seems indifferent. Agreed. Cecile agrees. Sisyphus is somewhat unreadable. Um, all right, be safe. He shrugs as though that isn't his main concern. <clears throat> I, I will continue my investigations and I say to you again, I think our connection is not unlike the Triskelion. 
and that what is revealed in one part of the knot may be true in the others. Hmm. He, he bows in a, in a way that's both familiar um, to human culture, to, to Maori culture, and also a little stiff and alien. Hmm. Um, and, uh, and then he takes some steps back and you see a motion of darkness against darkness. Um, and then you see, uh, you see his figure um, turn and move beyond the edges of your light. He talks awfully strange, but he's fucking depressing enough to be one of us. What's going on with that? Donald says to you. Maybe hard to believe, but you know almost as much as I do. He looks you up and down. And you're right in that, at least. It's hard to believe. We don't know much about him except he says that he's here in the world. I don't know if we should probably continue this later. <laughs> uh, Kian? We'll tug on your mm. hand sleeves. Um, it's been a while. Like, did you ever have to like go report to that human chief guy that you talked to in the beginning? Did he actually give us a timetable? I forget. It's the birthday. It was a birthday celebration. Yeah, his father's birthday is uh, the king, king of you all's birthday, was two weeks from the day you met. So you got about a week. Maybe maybe nine days. A week and a weekend. Yeah. Um, I completely actually forgotten all about the original mission that sent us here. Well, I suppose we found one of them. Um, for the proving grounds to reopen, we would need. I mean, Ben is dead. So, and Ben was the one who got the monsters, right? So is it even possible for the Trinidad to reopen? Probably not. Well, you'd need, you'd need monsters and someone to fight them. Now, you do know where one of the monsters is. It's right over there somewhere. <laughs> and, you know, here's a fighter. Yeah, but no. <laughs> but yeah, but no. Um, so, so why don't we? Um, sorry, it, it, uh, we're uh, we're a ways into tonight's session, and it, this feels like a little bit of a transition point. So we're going to go up into the house above. So um, think about if there's anything um, you all would like to sort of work through in bringing um, Donald into his brother's house. And, um, and why don't we take a, like a five minute break? Okay. That sound all right to everybody. So uh, when last we left, Claiborne was on the surface eating children as Dale is role playing. And wait, what? 
so um uh so so how uh, in in what way if any do you prepare donald to go into his brother's home um I, well for my part i think as we've been walking i've been asking him questions about how much did he know about Bandon Olu's house and what they've been up to. Um, I, I mentioned that. Uh, I, was, I, I mentioned that uh, it seemed like the house had a pretty powerful enchantment on it and some shit had gone wrong. And I, 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 that's what I lead with. That's the part where Cecile says basically everybody would died. Except you saved the baby. <laughs> I think like about the point we get to the door, that's the point where he's like, yeah, just about everybody died. Okay, so that's why Donald <laughs> leaned over and put his head between his knees. All right, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yep. <laughs> you broke a gladiator. <laughs> oh. I think I think Kian, even though he's already said it, places his entire hand over Cecile's face. <laughs> mm. <laughs> what did you just want him to walk in there with like the enchantments and the blood and the weird web things all at once? Stop! 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 I think Sisyphus wraps his tail gently around your face. <laughs> <laughs> Pulls you away. Not for the first time. I think he just kind of looks up hurt. <laughs> uh, I look over at Donald and says, I'm, I'm so sorry. Um, mm-hmm. So... I was going to get you there, gently. We've seen Bandon and Quinn and Yawin and no, Aya and the baby, they're all dead? No. Um, so the ones we saved was the baby and we saved somebody else too, right? Was it the daughter? A small, the boy. Oh, it was the boy. Yeah, the boy. Mm-hmm. And what were their names? Um, you, uh, you don't, you don't know the baby's name. Um, uh, but, uh, um, the boy that lived, you remember Dara calling him, it was something like the mother's name. The mother's name was Gwyn. Okay. And his name was like Gwyr or Gwyn or something. Okay. It was the two youngest. Is that right? Yes. Um, we managed to find the two youngest, the baby, small oh boy. Um, and Aya, I think, I think she's still alive. Um, and she may have some great power within her that saved her or protected her. Um, he stands up and the color all kind of drains out of his face. Does he know what I'm talking about when I said I am my type? Oh. That, that's when he stands up and the color drains out of his face. It might be positional vertigo, but you don't think so because he doesn't totter. Mm-hmm. 
Cecile gives him a comforting um, pat on the the thighs. He he looks like accusingly at the tunnel, and then looks back. You you didn't help the girl do something, did you, wizard? Going to have to be more specific. He he looks kind of pissed when you say that. I'm not. Uh, Kian said genuinely, I'm not um, being uh, what's the word coy with you. I'm not being cute. There was, there was something wrong. I think, I think something had happened to Gawir. And maybe to Gwyn. I, uh, into the proving grounds. But she was just Can we get that shadow back here? I think it did something. There was a there was a darkness. We were in the, we were in the tunnels. I was arguing with Ben about something, and then you killed. No, I mean no. Not that I'm above, you know, dislocating his jaw from time to time, but no. No, we were arguing. I think he'd done something to the, to the idiot, hmm. or something. And uh, and then it's like everything went dark. We were down. Uh, we were down near ourselves. Uh, we were going to do some training, and Ben was being a cock. And, and then everything went dark and, but it wasn't like, it wasn't normal. It was like the darkness came out of the cracks in the walls and between the, the bricks of the floor. And like, maybe there was a, I don't know how to say it. It's like a knot unfolded. And then Aya was there. She was crying to her father. She was pleading with him to come home because there was a man in the dark. And and he there was something wrong with him. 
there is like a something in his eyes. A bit of shine. And then the dark grabbed a hold of us, myself and and Donald and and the spinners. Speak to yourself and Donald. About myself and Bandon. And the spinners and and then we were here somehow and I like a blackout trunk, I don't remember getting from the proving grounds to here and and I remember a baby crying and, and he looks again and there was something in the hall and there was there was light. Oh, that's right. The figure was pale in a robe, like a, like the stranger on the road. And then saw there was light. And I, and I was screaming and there was a, The spinners were screaming. And then there was so much light. Maybe I heard Bandon yelling. And I don't. And I feel like I, my legs ache, like I've been walking for days. And I, I feel like I've been wandering around in caverns in the dark, trying to find something. And I, I felt like uh, I was trying to find Aya, but I don't think I was. You, you said something about Aya not being dead. What do you mean? Where is she? Let's go get her. She... This is hard to explain, but we were transported to some other place. It's a place of, I think my only guess can be a place of dreams. She was the queen there. And she had made great sacrifices for her people. And when we returned, that's when we found that the family had been murdered. I, my guess is that Aya somehow whisked her God, away. sweaty tits! Is that a spinner? He says, pointing past you. He's yeah. obviously pointing at the spinner. <laughs> Uh, and and Kian kind of reassuringly places his hand on his shoulder. I think Aya dominated this. So, it, are you saying my niece was a wizard? 
That would be oh. a dangerous thing for me to say. I mean, is. She was okay when we left her. So to speak. All right. Well, you, you said she was in some other, like, is she in Kahal? Can we go there? You don't understand. This place wasn't real. Or at least it's not our world. It was those talking beasts and strange gods and a weird, a strange forest. It was not... It, it was some other place. It's not a place that you can just go to. I think she crafted it. I don't think she's a wizard or a dree in the traditional sense. This is not the kind of thing that you learn through books. I would know. There's something else, some raw power at work here. Landon, Landon mentioned that Gwen had, that the girl had been having night terrors and that Gwen had spent a good deal of abandoned savings getting her some of Pranabin's kiss mm. to try and help her. That would explain, that's interesting, because when we went to this far off place, she was the queen of the dawn, which she basically, again, as in dreams, this land, this kingdom, which by the way, felt as real as the land that we're walking in right now. Um, was a land that was besieged by darkness. And she was holding it at bay and holding it in eternal dawn. And it was like a story, like a, like a, a myth, like a legend, but we were living it. We were there and we were not ourselves, but that's besides the point. We were other people. You, Clayman. He's not spinning me a yarn, is he? Uh, Dale? I think that the things he has told you are true. It is difficult for me to say, as I do not seem to see things the way you humans do. Well, you're made out of dirt. That's hardly surprising. As you say. In a way, in a manner of speaking, we're all made of dirt, aren't we? Some of I us guess. are just a further step removed than others. <laughs> Sisyphus. <laughs> That's right. And Cecile just kind of pats his flank. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I mean, don't you have a minder of some kind, uh, Gallagher? I'm here on... Isn't there somebody with a royal tunic and a big fucking sword that should be here right now? This is a petty errand that brought me here. My Adrian Cruval asked me to reopen the Proving Grounds to find out what had happened to you and Bin and Bandon and Daru because they had all gone missing. What does the Wolf Cup care about the Proving Grounds? He wants to have a birthday celebration for his father in a week, nine days. The spinners were gone. One of them is the one you see there who I think I had dominated. The other one I think Daru killed. But we haven't been as dead. We found his body below the proving grounds, which is not yet quite certain who was responsible for that. Below the proving ground. Was it you? You mean in the lie pit? Yes. Yes. I don't think oh, it was Daru. As I said, I didn't kill Ben. We we had this have bracelet. Do you recognize the bracelet? Oh, you hold up the bracelet? Yeah. I found this. Oh. Well, that toothless cocksucker has got to be dead if you have that. Hmm. No, Bandon. I have brought Bandon and myself here, but I don't remember Ben coming with us. And I don't know how he would have gotten back to the Proving Grounds, even if he did. Hmm. So, the, so Corin lived, and Guir, you said. The youngest. The baby the was boy. screaming. When, and the boy he was unconscious. The spinner, uh, as I said, Aya had, I believe it was Aya had convinced the spinner that she was a queen and the queen of the dawn and the spinner obeyed. And as, you, as you say that, the, the spinner does a spider's version of a bow off to one side. It's That's sincerely disturbing. It, You have to also prepare yourself. The house has been staying here and trying to figure out what happened. Um, the bodies have been removed, but did not work. I think it might match the one you were talking about. It's still there. I was trying to disentangle it until the shadow that you've seen called us down. Okay. Yeah, let's go look at the house. Anybody tells me anything else crazy, I'm gonna punch them. He he kind of looks around like 
wait, where do I go now? So I think at this point, like, we're just about to go out the trapdoor, right? That would be a good time. Sure. Yeah. Um, as we climb up, I note the spinner web of the, the, what, the wool? The wool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I believe that this was a defensive enchantment. Did you, I'm not looking to, I'm just trying to figure out what's going on. This isn't, I'm not looking for something incriminating, but do you know anything about Bandon? Was he doing something here? This house was not normal. As a jury, I know that. Did you know? What do you mean not normal? The doors and windows were locked with a powerful enchantment. It would cost a lot of money. This, what you see here is also a magic spell, clearly a defensive one. I mean, Bandon and Gwyn had about as much magic between them as Tuesday afternoon. When you say this is an enchantment, I it just looks like a web. No? It's a web. Whoa. All right, you can have that one. <laughs> he's he's kind of like wipes his hands through his hair and like, hmm. um, and he, he goes sort of like, he, he stomps into the rest of the house. Uh, and you follow him and he's sort of, um, you can tell he's gathered belligerence around himself uh, the way a gladiator might hold a shield. Mm -hmm. And when he stumps into the uh, living room where several candles have been lit by someone um, and sees the knotwork on the floor um, he walks over to the kind of pale area of the knot where Gwyn was lying um, and which in the darkness clearly bears like the shape of a woman outlined in the knot against the, the wall and the floor. And he just kind of runs his hand down the space and then falls to his knees and, and begins weeping as though this is something so outlandish, what you've told him has got to be true. Uh, I kneel down next to him. I don't touch him, but I just kneel down. Um, Claiborne? Cecile, Sisyphus, what are you guys doing? <clears throat> I have a question. Sisyphus obviously came up the other way. Claiborne, go ahead. Um, the the knotwork uh, web that is made of wool is something mm -hmm. that Claiborne would perceive. Um, how is the knotwork around where Gwyn died? Oh, is, the, is the it, knotwork... The knotwork and the web are two different things. 
Right. Okay. I've, I've, I was counting the web as a sort of not work weaving, but... Um, that, oh, that wouldn't be wrong. Okay. Um, but the wizard but, had not previously identified it as a, as a not work. Okay. Okay. Um, the, uh, the not work that is on the wall and floor where Gwen died, is it chalked onto the wall or painted or is it a discoloration or what? Is it something that Claiborne would be able to perceive? Um, yes, he can see it. Hmm. And it's quite clear. It's it's like um, it's one of those sort of like big complicated knotworks that doesn't all like it doesn't all connect as though there's an implied. It's almost like there's a second knot that you're not seeing mm -hmm. in this large complex knotwork, and um, it's a circle like the circle behind me. Mm -hmm. it's, it's it's a sort of a, a a set of concentric rings of knotwork all sort of filled in in what are what are very clearly specific patterns and details and what is interesting is it's it's as if the whole knotwork um that's on the ground and kind of up the wall it's like mm -hmm. it's like the vibrance of everything that makes up the knotwork has just been turned all the way down to zero. Or like the, it, the saturation has been turned all the way down to zero. Mm. So to you, um, Claiborne, it doesn't look dissimilar to the shadow of the hound. The way he's sort of like space where the, the saturation has been turned down to zero. <clears throat> so does it smell like his work or it, does it radiate an evil do I pick up anything any emotional content um, I think you probably want to do an investigation to find that out hmm. and it and you'll have to tell us what you're doing as um, as Donald is uh, frantically trying to stop crying and failing. Mm -hmm. In other words, you have to Yes, Yes, Cecilifus. So you uh, presumably exited through the big hole in the ground uh -huh. um, uh, that has been somewhat flattened uh, and made easier by use. Um, what are you doing outside? As Claiborne literally perhaps gathers himself for a task. Um, he's going to go um, find what's her name and the children and kind of let them know that their uncle's okay and he'd love to see them kind of thing. What's her name and the children? Who, who are we talking about? Who's who's the lady? The formidable lady. Oh, With yes, this. that's Dara. 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 So he's gonna find Dara and the kids, okay. and maybe bring them over. Okay. So the children have escaped. Okay. Out into the Clearwater District. Um. 
and uh, you only find two of them. Um, the boy with the missing canines and the girl that used no, no, to have not, not those children. The the two okay. from the family that are missing. Oh, all right. Well, anyway, you go out into the village, into the little village, the walled village, and mm-hmm. you find um, Dara, and um, she's giving the um, the boy with the missing canines and the girl that used to have braids uh, a fierce talking to. Um, cause it looks like they tried to steal something. Mm. Yeah. Uh, part, he kind of, um, tugs a little bit on the skirts. Okay. Pardon me, honored woman. The honored man, that would be my husband, although he doesn't deserve it. (laughs) But you, again, where Mm -hmm. are your people? They're back at the old house with all the scary human enchantments and things. Um, We... No, no. I don't mean... I don't mean the wizard and the weird statue. I mean, where are your people? Why are you wandering around by yourself? They asked me to get the kids and bring them. The servant? No, no, the the wizard. Yes, well, I'm not concerned he, with them for the he's moment. He's sort of tapping the... Um, it's one of those nights again, the, the torque thing that he's got, the little of servitude, <laughs> servitude uh-huh. kind of defensively. <laughs> So, yes, we're all as likely to believe those are real as we are that the moons wane and wax in their light in the sky. Come on. Uh, <laughs> 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 Meanwhile, back at the house. Yeah. <laughs> Playborn, what are you doing? Um, I think I think the ability to reshape his own form is um, would allow him an understanding of not work. Um, A a very deep internal understanding of the way of it. Um, And so I'm going to invoke shapes and I'm also going to invoke I know it when I see it which has to do with intention. Um, But I'm also going to invoke, I am new to this. So plus one. (laughs) Okay. And so you, you, you move into the room um, behind Donald and, and what do you, what do you do? Oh, very nice. Mm. And what do you, what do you, what do we Mm. see? What are you doing? I believe 
Claiborne approaches, his movement is strange because you haven't seen him careful before. Hmm. He slowly approaches the wall, reaches out his hand to it, and puts his hand on a section of the knotwork. And then his fingers seem to stretch and bend as they spread out and follow the knotwork. And thin traceries of clay begin to move around the pattern and reproduce it in his own flesh. As he does that, uh, a chill runs down Kean's spine as Kean, you're looking kind of across Claiborne as he places his hand. And just as in the dream, when Claiborne lowered his hand in front of the, the living knot that was trying to open like a mouth, and the knotwork began to bleed through, the knotwork that he's standing in front of, much like the builder light, is beginning to leak through uh, Claiborne's body as a shadow in the way that light leaks through something thin enough. Okay. Um, and so the, um, there is something in you that moves in sympathy with, um, with the not work. And, um, and so you have, you, you had a power of two for this cause you have, you had two tags. And um, so you get two quest two clues, two questions to ask about the diagram, or you know, something related to the diagram. Is it a working of protection and support? Yes, absolutely, with unintended consequences. By, by someone wielding more power than they even understood. And having met Arya? Uh, Aya. Uh. I, Aya. It's Aya, isn't it? That's my yes. second question. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, this was worked by Aya, and this was um, the first of um, this was the first of the great magics that she performed here in this house. Mm -hmm. And you're pretty sure that. Sisyphus could have picked up another house and hit this house with it, and this room would not have shuddered. Mm -hmm. Okay. N now that I have my answers, can I draw myself back out of this, or are you going to be me? <laughs> um, so I'm going to give you a temporary tag of um, uh, tainted knotwork. 
Ow, my paint did not work. Oh, I know. I know. That's smart. I love that song. Those guys are great. <laughs> I think. I think as Kian sees this happening, um, he very quietly stands up and positions himself between Donald and what's happening. Mm. Okay. Um. You, um, as a, as a, um, as a Dree, uh, you are sensitive, sensitive enough, um, to feel the, the, like, echoing throb of the spell that was wrought here and, uh, and then broken. I think... What you're doing is dangerous. What are you doing? It was I uh, who wove this. I, I believe she intended to protect. But this is the result was fatal. Uh, with a shuddering uh, indraw of breath, uh, Donald rises to his feet and turns to you with a face like purple with rage. Don't you say that about her ever again! Uh, and he, and he, with a with a fighting expert's skill, he winds up and just like nails you right in the face. Okay. Um, would you like to face danger? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Love it. And and what uh, what tags would would you like to use? Um. Well, I think um, clay flesh, definitely. Um, <laughs> and uh, I think I will also invoke fracture. Oh, you're going to pull up your own weakness? Mm-hmm. So you, you, you then should tap... Up. So you're going to tap, like, skeleton? Yeah. Okay, so clay flesh and skeleton. Um, I would say you could also use plot twist, since that was kind of the tongue-in-cheek meaning of plot twist when we mm. discussed it, if I'm not misremembering. Mm. Okay. Right, yeah, that you can, can kind of that. turn and... Yeah. All righty. Uh, anybody... They want to help Claiborne or we, well, we're, I'm absent we're... so <laughs> <laughs> well you could be just returning if you if you wanted to be I don't think so okay good um, uh, yeah I don't I don't know yeah I don't, don't 
don't think there's nothing I can do that wouldn't involve like hurting Donald. Yeah. Okay, so that's D6 plus two. Mm-hmm. Oh, did you already roll that? I'm just typing it in. Oh. I'm like, mm-hmm. All righty. So um, right. Um, can, so he can, was going to he this? was going to give you he was going to give you two statuses, which mm-hmm. was um, sore jaw and knocked out. Okay. So you're, you can um, you can cancel one of them. Um, I think he walks up and just hits Claiborne in the face as hard as he possibly can. And he mm-hmm. knocks Claiborne's head completely off, and it clunks <laughs> against the wall, breaking the jawbone within it. Wow. Okay. And does does Claiborne's body like, or just like stop in place? No, it just stops nope. in place, and then it turns and walks toward the head. And. Donald like takes a step back and just goes, <gasps> and then uh, and then I think he turns to go to like run outside. I follow. Okay, <laughs> that's so great, deal. <laughs> oh, there we go. No. Uh. <laughs> okay, so um, Matthew, would you like to uh, narrate your re-entry uh, meet, meeting Donald in the yard or would you like me to do it? Sure, why don't you narrate it? Sound like you have an idea. Okay. Um, there, there are a number of things happening at once. Um, there are there are soft footfalls in the night. There's the there's the dig and crunch of something too large for the gate passing having passed through the gate too often, and one of the posts simply giving up its silent guardianship of the wall and um, falling away with a small section of the stone and clay wall. <clears throat> much as is happening, uh, much has happened only moments ago inside the house. Um, uh, the the shadow of Sisyphus is what brings uh, Donal up short, and um, the soft crying of the baby perhaps is uh, what changes his expression to something more human, and. Uh, and then it is the um, possibly unstoppable uh, narrative of Beration from Dara, who is also seated on Sisyphus's back behind the seal, <laughs> saying, now, it's obvious that there are a number of things that you ought to have attended to by now, and you simply haven't. So I think it's clear that you need some guidance, and I will begin at the beginning, and then we'll go through each one and make sure you know everything you've done wrong up to this point and how you can avoid doing so 
further in the future. <laughs> Even Dara's seemingly unstoppable tirade um, is halted in its tracks um, by the great mass of Sisyphus bending down with extreme gentleness and holding out the swaddled baby, softly cooing in the clover-scented night. And Kian finds, once again, perhaps for the thousandth time into Hall, that there is some human solution that with all of his magic, would never have occurred to him. And I think we'll stop there for the evening. Oh. If we can stand it. <laughs> hmm. <clears throat> I didn't want to put thoughts in your head, John. Sorry about that. I didn't mean, I, I meant to no. say something else, but that's what came out. Is that okay? No, that's great. That's perfect. I love oh. it. Okay. Oh, good. <laughs> All right. Well, this was the evening I needed. So thank you all for this. Good. Um, this was uh, episode 13 of A Marriage of Serpents. And um, uh, from the background, you can see here it's called The Circle. Um, mm. So um, thoughts on... Um, um, your existence relative to your fellow heroes in the story this evening. Hmm. Um, if I had a hurt point, it might be towards Dar. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, although you, although you can gain unlimited quantities of hatred toward NPCs, you can't actually gain hurt points toward them. Right. For me. <laughs> and I knew that. I just was trying. <laughs> in his defense, he was well-meaning. He was like, "You're not going to just let him walk in there and you know not know that his whole family is dead." Hey, you should know something before you walk in there. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that, like, Kian, Kian was, like, getting there, and then he's just like, all right, let's get to the end. It's all good. <laughs> I, I loved both of your role-playing. Like, I loved uh, Claiborne's interaction with the children. I thought that was mm -hmm. fantastic. That's and awesome. I loved the, the, the exploration of the knot-work, which I mm. thought was, was so interesting because, you know, Kian, like the way he does investigations, I think is very analytical and Claiborne, like when he asks questions it's more about kind of, it's something else. And it just really kind of um, highlighted like the different kind of ways that they see the world and the different kind of ways, like, like for Claiborne, it always feels like more organic and more natural. Like the answers just sort of come to him. Whereas Kian always, it's like a struggle. Like he's pulling answers out of the earth, I feel like. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And so that, that felt very interesting to me. And I really loved um, Cecile. Like that was such a great idea to get the kids. Mm -hmm. Like I was thinking like we were going to eventually maybe take uh, Donald to 
you know, his wife and then maybe get the kids. But like, it was a really, really good idea to like, no, no, like he should see them now to go mm-hmm. ahead and bring the baby um, to him in, in this moment. Like that was, that was a really smart and lovely kind of idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I love that um, the least humanoid character in the story is constantly showing the other ones how to be more human. <laughs> so you're not dolled up with the rest of the endocrine system. <laughs> yeah, beautiful work. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that Keegan kind of keeps taking charge and kind of ex- working to kind of explain everything and kind of balancing everything and that sort of <laughs> feeling of him being kind of like always on the verge of like where he's like trying to explain everything but always kind of put upon and kind of on the verge of just like snapping and being like you know what <laughs> this is how it's gonna go down like you're gonna do this or I'm gonna blast you with the magic and it's kind of fun sometimes to watch you it's just like the Keans kind of has this thing. It's like, nope. Remember, I'm bonded. Like there are rules. I'm gonna follow the freaking rules, <laughs> in spite of everybody around me, kind of thing. Making up their own rules. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I got more of that this session. Just keep being like. Yeah, Kian being bound by his own, I think in some ways, self-enforced rules is really beautifully played. And I think it'll be a mm. lot of fun the day when the rules kind of fade at some point. Mm. We see Kian like unbound. Mm. And we just see what well, that looks I, I like. I, I love, I love, I love, yeah. I, it's interesting because I wasn't thinking of that consciously, but I definitely do agree that I think he and one of his central tensions is the fact that he is always like doing what, like he doesn't want to be bound, but he's bound by what's practical. And that what's practical oftentimes means doing what being bound, like doing what the thing says. Mm-hmm. Um, where I noticed like Claiborne and Cecile, like, they're technically kind of bonded, but they, they're, you know, they just do what comes naturally to them. Mm-hmm. And that's something that Kian doesn't, he doesn't live that way. No. And I think that there's a, yeah. And so that's, that's, there's a, that's a huge source of internal tension, I think, for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, someone could tell Kian, it's like, be yourself. And he'd be like, what, <laughs> like, what is that? <laughs> If I was myself, I'd be dead. Right. <laughs> and and Paul, your characterizations of the street children are just thunderous. That you constantly <laughs> amaze me um, and surprise me with the choices they make because it's it's not what I would think the 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 way they would respond. But once once you've said it, it's obvious that that's exactly right for them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, it's 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 magical. 
I'm pretty sure they're the heroes of this story. Oh, they're sure of that too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they're the most now that sure. you've rescued us, we can get on with the important business. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, oh, thank you very I'm, much. I love Dale. Um, when your your whole head just got taken off, he's like, and even the gladiators, like, no, like that's too much for me. Like I've taken nope. things heads off before. There's been like gore and stuff, but that that's just too much for me right now. <laughs> All my rage has been replaced with what the fuck, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> so I think. Um, uh, I'm going to have a little bit of fun with the damage to the jaw in the next uh, in mm -hmm. the next session because uh, yeah, you thought you could, had a hard time understanding him before. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. I, I would like to take a, a help point towards Cecile uh, for for demonstrating a human response. And for and to remind reminding Kian that um, sometimes you know trying to solve a problem isn't sometimes you solve a problem by not trying to solve a problem. Mm -hmm. That makes any sense. Mm. Oh, that's great. Anybody else have a helper hurt? I think I want to help point towards. Uh... Kian for kind of um, managing the situation and kind of having mm. everything figured out. Um, and I think Cecile's kind of been relying on that. So I think another help point mm. for Kian. Nice. That works. This time. Thank you very much. I, mm -hmm. I very much enjoyed um, watching all of you and listening to all of you <laughs> um, as you went through my um, my naughtiness of the evening. So uh, <laughs> thank you for diving in as ever, and thank I look you. forward to the next um, the next chapter, chapter fourteen. Mm -hmm. Oh, part two. This time it's personal. The circle part two, the babysitting. Oh. Oh.